Good morning, everyone. And good morning to everybody who's watching online as well. I have a couple of uh, quick announcements for you. First, I wanted to say our Early Learning Center wants to thank you. Helene is back here. Helene, you've recovered from going to New Orleans to get king cakes. They sold, I think it was over 425 king cakes for our Early Learning Center. So amazing, amazing. So give uh, Helene a big congratulations when you see her after, after church. Um, we have a session coming up called Over, Under, Around, and Through, Navigating Loss through, uh, at Special Times. That's going to be Thursday the 9th and 16th at 6 p.m. Um, and that is going to be um, at the community center downtown here, the Civic Center. Uh, but you must pre-register. And even if you have a friend coming with you, you have to pre-register them as well because they need to have a head count. And guess when they need that? Tomorrow. So make sure you pre-register. Uh, they really need to know who's going to be there for food and everything. Next week, uh, there's going to be a combined service at 10 a.m. So don't come at the wrong time. Uh, last time Keith Elder was here, everybody loved it. So you get a break from me and Sam, and Keith Elder's going to be here. It's going to be amazing. So really, you'll love hearing him preach. Uh, next Sunday night um, is Super Bowl Sunday. So next Sunday night, the youth are going to be here. We're going to watch the Super Bowl. We're going to have wings. It's going to be great. So make sure the youth join us for that. Um, our mission team, our focus right now is the tornado buckets out here in this hallway. And we know that tornado buckets, we're talking with the mission team, those tornado buckets can be overwhelming because, I mean, just to fill up everything on the list, what they're asking is maybe just get one or two things off the list. You don't have to fill up a whole bucket. Just get some items or whatever you want to get, and we will take that to the disaster relief warehouse. My last announcement, the great Ken Casey is right in front of me. Ken Casey has a, he, you, you look surprised. <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Ken Casey is planning an uh, a awesome trip. Oh, Peggy Casey is. They're going to go on the church bus. They're going to uh, LaGrange, Georgia on March 14th. It's a biblical history, the Biblical History Center. There's a four-course meal. So I don't even know what they're doing on this trip. It has to do with Israel, and it's going to be amazing. See Peggy Casey. She only has six spaces left, so if you're here, run up after the service. I want to go for the four-course meal. I don't even know what else they're doing. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand and worship with us?
Good morning. You may be seated. I'm glad to see you here today. I'm glad to know that you're worshiping with us by live stream today. So hello to you. Um, we're excited about all the things we have coming up, especially we have our, our workshop coming up. Uh, um, Pastor Andy mentioned it. I just want to say another word about it. It's going to be on February the night, Thursday night, February 9th. And then the next week, um, the 6th, 16th, <laughs> okay, I wasn't uh, great in math, but not, uh, the 9th and the 16th at 6 o'clock. It's not going to be here, it's going to be across the street over here at the convention center in the Alico room. And we're going to have, we, we need to know who's coming so that we can have enough material and food, right? Food, we always have food. It's going to be a, a, a wonderful thing, and I'm looking forward to it. We've got um, Sheila's mom coming, Miss Frances Hart, who's going to be teaching us. It's called Over, Under, Around, and Through, Navigating Loss through special, uh, on Special Days. All of us have things that we grieve about from time to time, and this is kind of how to navigate your way through that. So um, come. It's not too late to come, but we need to know by tomorrow so we can have material and, uh, and food ready, too. All right. Um, I think our children are going to go to children's church right now. Miss Catherine's got them. You know what? Ask her sometime about Fortnite. Anytime you bring blankets and build forts, the, you have a big, big time. And that's what they did last Wednesday. So that was awesome. All right. Um, we're going to um, we're going to have a, a prayer now. And I, if you have a prayer request, I invite you to send them to us and let us know. We're going to be um, also having our offering. Thank you for your generous support of all the ministries in this church. And as the plates come around, just uh, give what the Lord lays on your heart. You can also give by um, going to our website, going to our app, and giving that way. So um, one more thing. In a little while, at the end of this service, we're going to be having Holy Communion. So if you're worshiping with us by live stream, I invite you to be thinking now about what you have on hand at home that you can join us and that you can have communion with us even though you're not here in the room. So let's pray. God, how thankful we are that you've given us this day, this chance to worship you, um, this group of people to worship with, your body here in Gadsden, Alabama at the corner of Fifth and Chestnut. Lord, we're thankful that we are connected and that we are a part of your hands and feet that helps to bring the kingdom of God into this place right now. So God, help us to see differently, help us to seek differently, and help us, Lord, to remember that it is by the power of your Holy Spirit that we are able to do all that we do, and that when we give of ourselves and our tithes and offerings, that we can be a blessing to someone else and receive a blessing at the same time. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We've seen what you can do, God of wonders. Power has no end. Things you've done before in greater measure 
you'll do again there's no prison wall you can break through no mountain you can move all things are possible there's no broken body you can raise no soul that you can save all things are possible
God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh, God of revival, pour it out, pour it Part two of the greatest sermon ever preached. This is just scratching the surface of the Sermon on the Mount uh, these, these two Sundays, but um, I, I think it's something that we got to go back to over and over and over again, Jesus' words on the Sermon on the Mount. We're going back to Matthew 5 today, and we're going to just be reading verses 13 through 16, talking about being salt and light. Matthew chapter 5. Verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One time I had a friend invite me over to, to grill out some steaks. And he had, um, I don't know, he had some kind of arrangement with this guy. And they, they got like a whole side of beef and they split it or something. Anyway, he had a freezer full of steaks and he said, come on in the afternoon, we'll hang out, and then later on, uh, we'll grill out some steaks. It sounded good to me. And uh, he went outside to the separate building where his chest freezer was, and he was gone for a few minutes and came back, and he said, man. I said, what is it? I said, you look like you've seen a ghost. He said, you just got to come out here. You just got to come out here. And so I went out to the garage with him, went over to the freezer, and he said, uh, I said, what is it, man? It, just, it was just color had drained from his face. He said, just, just open the freezer. Just, just take my word. Just open the freezer. And I opened the freezer. And sometime over the last couple of weeks, his freezer had quit working. And he did not know it. But the, the smell of uh, what was in that freezer, that spoiled meat, just about knocked me down and it's something that I will never ever forget it was just horrible it was gross and I apologize to you uh, ladies if you don't understand how guys do if something's really gross we call a guy over and you take a courtesy sniff watch Jeff, Jeff Foxworth it's like this is awful man smell this and so you have to smell it so that's kind of the way it was it was horrible horrible I'll also never forget the day when I was a little kid and I was asking my grandmother what she did. It just occurred to me that when she was a little girl, when she was growing up, um, they didn't have refrigerators, didn't have freezers or anything like that. I said, Mama, what did y'all do? How did you keep 
your meat from spoiling. And she grabbed me by the hand, took me out in the backyard. And we went out by uh, an outdoor building. And we went in. It was the smokehouse. Any of y'all seen, seen the smokehouse? Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It was the smokehouse. And she said, this is where we smoked the meat. And she was a big wooden box. And she said, this is where we would take the hams once we smoked them. And we would pack them in salt. We would pack them in salt. Um, because, you know, salt is used to preserve things. Salt is used to keep things from spoiling. In Jesus' time, um, like in our time, I don't know if you ever take salt for granted. I guess I do. Um, salt was very, very valuable. And in the climate that Jesus lived in, the climate Jesus and the disciples walked around in, uh, it, food would spoil quick, quickly because of the weather, and, and salt was, was valuable. It was precious. It was very much needed to keep things from spoiling. And so I sort of think that's what Jesus is getting at in the greatest sermon ever preached when he told his followers, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt. I think what he was trying to say to them is you are very precious. You are very much needed. And if you don't do what you're supposed to do, then stuff's going to spoil. It's just going to spoil. You're very precious to God. You're very much needed to keep things from spoiling. I don't know if you've ever uh, thought about just the news that we're bombarded with, which is mostly bad. I don't know if you've ever thought about that in terms of, like, spoilage. It's, it's like uh, something's not working right, or this just wouldn't be so rotten, right? It just wouldn't be so rotten. So when I see evil and I see violence, I see death, and I see all of the things that seem to be, like, ripping our society apart at the seams... One of the things I think is we're just not being very salty. I think about a quote that Winston Churchill is credited for, and all that is necessary for evil to win out is for good people to do nothing. For good, salty people to not be salty. So wherever we are, wherever we go, at work, at home, at school, in the world, we're the preserving influence. We're uh, uh, the, what keeps things from spoiling, what keeps love from going bad, what keeps kindness from disappearing, what keeps charity and hope and giving and helping and faith from going away. So that's the preserving factor. Salt is also a flavoring factor. Um, I think we're supposed to add fun to life, don't you, Pastor Andy? Pastor Andy's all about, he's, he's like funfetti salt, Pastor Andy is. Um, everything that we come in contact should be better because we're there. It should be more flavorful. It, salt promotes healing, too. And, and I, think, I, I think the healing part of, of our ministry, just, just being who we are in society, cannot be overemphasized. That is what it means to be the salt of the earth, to spread around everywhere. Not to stay in the salt shaker, this, this building, 
but to spread around everywhere and to do good where we can do the most good. We're the salt. But Jesus gives a warning in addition to this identity. He says, if salt loses its saltiness, what good is it? If it just sits there and doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And you say, how does that even happen? Anyway, how does salt even lose its saltiness? Well, back in Jesus' day, back in the first century, salt was very valuable. It was actually used as, as a way to pay people. People were paid in salt. That's where the word salary comes from. It comes from the salt. Roman soldiers would be paid in salt. And if somebody didn't do their job, they weren't worth their salt, right? But so salt was so valuable that in a, a book that I read called uh, The Land and the Book, um, this guy, William Thompson, who wrote the book, tells about a merchant in the first century who, who bought up large quantities of salt just, just to kind of corner the market, and he wanted to hoard it for himself, and he wanted to avoid paying taxes on it, so he hid it in a remote mountain um, cabin and, and uh, in caves and stuff like that, except that the problem was the place where he stored it, the place where he hid it, was all on dirt floors and everything. And the salt, because it was not stored properly, because it was not used properly, it took on the qualities of the dirt floor in the, in the environment that it was, and all of a sudden it became not salty. And so salt that's not salty, what can you use it for? Jesus said it's only fit to be thrown out and trampled underfoot, which is exactly what they used that salt for in the first century. They took it and they used it on the surface of a nearby road. So salt, preserving, healing, melting the ice in the world around us. If we lose our saltiness, if we take on the characteristics of the dirt around us, then we have become worthless as opposed to what we should be. Jesus also went on to say, you're the light of the world. You can't light a lamp and hide it under a bushel. When I was um, a teenager, we went on a school trip to DeSoto Caverns. You may have ever been to DeSoto Caverns? Um, so I remember on this school trip, we went down in the caverns, and we had our tour guide, our um, park ranger, whoever it was, and we went down in there, and um, they turned the lights out once we were down in there. And when you say it's dark, the power goes out or something, you say it's dark, but this was like a whole new level of dark. It was like dark inside of a sea of black ink dark. And then uh, right before we started freaking out, uh, the tour guide, park ranger, lit a single candle. And all of a sudden, everything changed. All of a sudden, the darkness did not overwhelm and smother us. That little candle. It's amazing what a little shining of a light can do, a little bit of salt, a single candle. But hear the warning again that Jesus gives. Just like salt can lose its saltiness if it's not done right, a candle 
can lose its shine if you hide it under a bushel. You know, this little light of mine, hide it under a bushel. No. Did y'all ever sing that song? So where would we be without salt and light? Spoiled, tasteless, frozen, dark, all of the things that we hate seeing go on. So this today is a call for us to claim our identity, to claim it back again. We're salt, we're light. We've got to be salt and be light. I've been having a lot of fun on my Wednesday night Bible studies, Christianity and World Religions. This last Wednesday, we had um, our classroom Christianity and Judaism. And it's amazing how this all kind of comes together. And sometimes it's a coincidence, sometimes it's a God incidence, whatever it is. But we had this week was uh, Christianity and Judaism. And it was a wonderful lesson and everything. And um, the week before, on January 27th, I remember vividly watching, and, and I watch this every year, it's International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And they had a, a group of people and, and uh, faith leaders from different communities that were gathered outside of Auschwitz-Birkenau. And uh, to see the remains of that extermination camp on International Holocaust Remembrance Day and to hear them and the, the theme of the remembrance was this never again and as I watched that I got to think it, it, it pricked something in my heart because I thought uh, never again is is not something that we can take for granted because what have we seen the rise of recently anti-semitism right so we I saw that on January 27th and then we had our class on February 1st and it just so happens on February 2nd I was excited as I was telling my class about this I was going to the University of Alabama. Uh, I was invited to speak at one of Allison's classes. Called, it was a class in the Department of Religious Studies called Jew, uh, Jewish-Christian Relations. And her professor, Dr. Jacobs, who is a, a Jewish man, not a rabbi, but a Jewish man, a professor, invited me to come and speak to them. And uh, so all of this is coming together, and I, I prepared my, my talk and everything, and I thought of different ways that I could embarrass my child to the greatest extent possible. And, um, but I was really looking forward to it. It was a wonderful, uh, wonderful experience. And University of Alabama, you may not even know they have a Department of Religious Studies. Who knew, right? But so in my in my talk to this class one of the things I wanted to bring up was this very kind of thing it's like okay we can't take this for granted we can't we can't say never again and just say it cavalierly like okay this could never happen in our country this could never happen today that was in the 1930s and 40s that was Hitler that was a, you know I, I can't and I was going to bring that up and I was just going to be cool and relevant you know and and show that I, I kind of knew what was going on and 
and I was going to give a couple of examples of, of just recent celebrity persons who have made anti-Semitic remarks. So I was going to show um, that I knew something about that, right? Well, that very week, that very week on the campus of the University of Alabama, Tuscaloosa, there was anti-Semitic graffiti that was chalk painted on campus connected to a celebrity who'd made anti-Semitic remarks. First time, the, my, the professor, Dr. Jacobs, says first time anything anti-Semitic like that, he'd say he's been there 20 years, he says first time he's ever seen, seen anything like that. And one, one of the young ladies sitting right on the front row was a, a Jewish student. And she talked about how afraid it made her feel to walk across campus. That people had done this. Not just one person. Persons had done this. If salt loses its saltiness... And then my mind went back to something that Mark Condra said to me on Wednesday night. He was joking around with me, and I said, I don't know. You know, I'm going to the University of Alabama. I'm a walking through, lifelong Auburn fan, walking through the valley of the, you know, shadow there. And uh, Mark said to me, he said, Preacher, he said, don't you look at Denny Chimes. He said, if you look at Denny Chimes, you're going to turn into a pillar of salt. And uh, so uh, on the way back to the car, it's raining that Thursday night and everything. Got my hood pulled up on my orange uh, rain jacket. And, uh, and I'm following Allison. I have no idea where I am. And Allison says, Dad, look, there's Denny Chimes. And I said, no, I can't look. I can't look. <laughs> but you know what? That's exactly what. I want you to turn into on the campus of the University of Alabama. I want you to turn into a pillar of salt. Yeah, I want you to be in life what Lot's wife was in death. And I want to tell you how you can do it. This week, if you if you have a chance, um, get a get a card, get a nice little red card with hearts on it get a note get something write a little note to the Jewish campus organization on the University of Alabama campus bring it by church just say hey we're thinking about you we love you it breaks our heart when we see something like this take place and we want you to know that your love people in Gaston First United Methodist Church love and appreciate you we hope you have a great day if you'll bring that write that note make that card bring it and drop it by the church office this week and I will give it to Allison and she can take it and give it to the Jewish campus organization wouldn't it be great if we just gave a whole bunch of cool nice sweet little thoughts 
Wouldn't that be a salty, light-giving thing to do? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for reminding us who we are, because sometimes we forget. Sometimes in the midst of being so busy with everything else, we forget about who we are and what we're supposed to be about. Um, you didn't say we had the potential to be salt and light. You said we are salt and light. If we don't do it, then who else will? So help us, Lord, to claim that identity and to be who we are for the sake of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to um, celebrate Holy Communion together. And I need to... Um, give you a couple of words of instruction as we do this one is um, we we invite everybody who's present to participate in the Lord's Supper and you don't have to be a member of this church or any church all who are here are welcome to come and participate and it's um, it's our custom to come and kneel uh, and sometimes we come and in lines and everything, but when, when we have an opportunity to, I like to come and give you an opportunity to kneel and receive the elements that way. Um, if, you're, if you're joining us at home, then use whatever you have on hand and you can participate in this too. Another uh, thing that we like to do is it's our custom to leave a communion offering on the altar rail as God makes us able to do so then we, we leave that communion offering on there. And um, all of the offering that's, that's received on communion offering goes to our local missions when people call and need help in our church. It happens all the time. So I'll let you know about that. And also, I know uh, that sometimes kneeling down can be a problem if you have issues with your back and, or your hips or your knees. So just come and stand, or uh, we'll, we'll come and serve you at your seat if you need to. Uh, Pastor Andy's going to come up here and, and uh, help me in, in just a little bit, and we will uh, invite you in just a little bit to come and receive the Lord's Supper as Praise Band leads us in song. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread, he blessed it, and he broke it. And he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. And likewise, after supper, he took the cup. Again, he returned thanks to the Father, and he said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, how thankful we are as we remember what you did for us. How thankful we are as we come and kneel before you. And we know that we are not worthy to, to gather at your table, and yet you invite us. We're not worthy to gather the crumbs from underneath the table, and yet you serve us. Your body broken for us, your blood shed for us. Lord, I pray that as we gather today, that you would pour out your spirit on us gathered here out of love for you. And that you would pour out your spirit on this bread and this cup. That you would make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, even as we are the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood.
As we come to the table today, Lord, make us one with you and one with each other. And then as we depart, one in service as we are salt and light for you wherever we go. Until we feast at your heavenly banquet, we feast at this banquet with grateful and humble hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.
Rise now and go in peace. May the peace of Christ go with you. Amen. Sit down and be set free. Come to the table. Come to the table. Christ go with you. Amen. Come to the table. Come to the table. Sit down and be set free. Come to the table. We have one more special thing to do today. I want to invite the Gilbert family if they'll come, come around here. Um, they have been part of our celebration service, part of our Wednesday night, part of our, just part of our family for a while, and they're kind of making it official today. So Justin and Elizabeth and Lucy's not here right now, but you'll recognize her. She looks like the Valentine Queen, the way she's dressed in red today. Um, welcome to y'all. They are joining our church from another denomination and so I'll just ask you this will you be loyal to this church and will you support it with your prayers your presence your gifts your service and your witness and we welcome you and we are so glad to have you part of our family and after our benediction I want you to come and give them your welcome as well will you stand together for our benediction oh Lord you have said that we are the salt of the earth Help us not lose our saltiness. You said that we are the light of the world. Help us not to hide it under a bushel, but to let it shine. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.